Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. And I'm Sally Gentry. And we are all smiles, and we thank you for listening in. Thank you so much for what you do. April 1st. Happy April Fool's Day. April Fool's. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but it is a big day because, and this is not April Fool's. No, it's not. It's the start of Donate Life Month. So much going on. Busy, busy. Grab your pen, grab your paper. We're going to fill you in. Hopefully, we'll see you during the month of April. Yes, Laurie. And one of the other things, this is our anniversary. Lopa oh. has been in business for 27 years, going strong. <sighs> Lots of lives saved there. 27 years, Sal, of making life happen. Isn't that fantastic? That's amazing. Wow. So yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. And Ryan's run's coming up yep. in Lafayette, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Coming up tomorrow. So we want to see you guys. I got my running shoes ready. <sighs> yeah, we're going to tell you um, the basis behind it. How did we get where we are? And later on, we'll talk about the merit of laughter in times of grief. Okay, that's coming up as well. We'll honor a hero, take your questions and answers, and so much more here on The Gifted Life. But we do um, ask you to spread the word. So we appreciate you listening. We want to get more people on board. Absolutely. Don't forget, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your favorite apps. Let everyone know about us. It's very informative, very educational, and, and we have a lot of fun here. Yeah, and a lot of what we talk about here on The Gifted Life, you'll see in our social media pages. You and I uh, do Facebook a lot, so Donate Mm -hmm. Life Louisiana. Um, What we talk about, you'll see pictures, and it'll kind of all come together for you. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, at Donate Life LA. And don't forget, we have that hotline. Joey, you remember the number? I do. It's 504-648-3477. That's 504-648-3477. Three four seven seven. It's kind of singing it, Sal. And I like it. We'd like to hear from you. We've already gotten a few calls in, and we're going to listen to some later on today. So be sure and give us a call. Yeah, it is power packed today, guys. Y'all ready? Yep. Let's ready to go. do it. Okay, it's a big month. We are kicking off National Donate Life Month, and we love that all of our families across the area get into this. Absolutely. Yeah. And Laura, we talk about making life happen, and we pride ourselves on the celebration of life and allowing the families or giving the families a little bit extra, a little bit of a legacy for their loved one. And About two episodes ago, I talked about the fact that we in Louisiana had our most successful year in the amount of transplants that we were able to, uh, our lives that we were able to save through transplant with 613 transplants. It was 50 more transplants than we had ever done in any previous year. And nationally, that number this past year, we reached a milestone of 30,000 transplants. And that's just an amazing thing when you think, when you sit back and think, and it all starts with community education. You know, there's only so much we can do. You know, like I say, you guys always hear me. I'm I'm the clinician and I know my part, but I understand that the, the most important part happens way before any conversations with any families in the hospitals. You know, that happens with spreading awareness. It happens with Donate Life America nationally, and then of course, you guys are community educators you know, in Louisiana. 
And we are fortunate here on our podcast today to have Melissa DeVinney, who is with Donate Life America. And she's here to tell us a little bit about Donate Life Month here and how it got started. Hey, Melissa. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. So, yes, actually, it began as National Organ and Tissue Donor Awareness Week more than 25 years ago. But over time, we realized that really a week was not long enough to celebrate and honor and to try to activate people to register their life-saving and healing decisions. So long about the year 2000, it became National Donate Life Month when the Donate Life logo and brand were were founded. I love, uh, you know, we we chit-chat with our guests before we do the podcast, and I love a lot of things that, that came out of your mouth, but one of them was donation is now more of the norm than it used to be, and that's because of all of these efforts um, that we have underway. Absolutely. I think um, the way that we have tried to position donation over the last at least decade and a half is very much in the context of life. We did research years ago when before donor registries existed. We talked to people about whether they had shared their decision with their family. And what we learned was that the folks that saw donation as something about enabling them to give life to someone else when theirs was over and really positively had all told their families, but the ones that thought of it as doom and gloom and all about death and dying were not able to talk to their families. And so the the Donate Life brand was born, and even the colors of the earth and sky, the blue and green, reflect that life-affirming position. We're all taking notes because we're like, (laughs) oh, that's where the blue and green. That's the blue and green, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, so um, so blue and green, we have uh, National Blue and Green Day coming up, which I love because anybody, anybody can get involved from the pets all the way to coworkers, family. We try to make it family fun. And you guys add a little incentive, cash, basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> coming your way. So let's talk about Absolutely. how that developed and how that day really spurs awareness um, across the country. So about three years ago, we thought, oh, wouldn't it be fun to have a photo contest? It was really a selfish thing because we always like to get photos that we're able to share nationally. And so we had the first National Donate Life Blue and Green Day, and people really took off. We created some categories, as you said, like pets, and we've had everything from dogs and cats to pigs and horses decorated in their blue and green. And uh, it's just a really fun day, and no matter what your connection to donation or transplantation is, it's a time to celebrate that life-affirming thing that we're all a part of. And yes, there are categories and prizes to be won. Um, I know that our DMVs all take part in this day and have a really great time doing it. We have categories like groups and kids and food, of course. It's it's not (laughs) always the most appetizing looking thing, but it's creative. That's right, especially from South Louisiana, I'm sure, Uh, from from where we are. Green cupcakes. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the, the goal is Donate Life America needs to see these pictures, and that's done through the Facebook page. Correct. Facebook.com slash Donate Life and DonateLife.net slash Blue-Green-Day. And uh, once all the photos are submitted, everyone has an opportunity to vote for their favorite. We have the Community Choice Award in addition to having a DMV motor vehicle 
submission award and a hospital award and pet award and kid award and so on. So changing gears just a tad bit, I noticed that the artwork that you guys have at Donate Life America has now recently been changed and has been inspired by the sunflower. Tell me a little bit about how that came about. Yes, our fantastic graphic designer comes up with unique art every year for Donate Life Month and we prepare all kinds of materials for our state teams across the country to use. Everything from pads of paper and uh, posters to t-shirts and this year of Grow Your Own Sunflower. So the idea is that a sunflower, one flower, has up to 2,000 seeds. So with that one flower, you can create an entirely new field of flowers. And we thought that that really was similar to the potential that every registered donor has to save and heal the lives of up to 100 people and to provide that hope to those who continue to wait. And it just seemed like a fitting, um, nice springy image. So we will have those materials and then also we'll be launching Twibbon, which is the Donate Life logo that can be placed over your Facebook photo and oh, has yeah. a little sunflower down in the corner for Donate Life Month. I love it because we use that here in Louisiana in our hospitals, our churches, really anywhere they let us have it. But it's so good for us to uh, reach folks in our area. And Joey was talking about, um, you know, milestone for transplants and for LOPA. And you were saying that our families are really communicating with us as well more oh, than absolutely. ever before. Yes. They've found that, that many times that families now are talking about donation with their family, their friends. Um, they're sending or giving us very positive feedback uh, about what it means for their loved one to be a donor, organ, or tissue. And very, very pleased with the fact that they've had this opportunity to reach out, help others, and they do celebrate their loved one's life. Um, and I think I mentioned earlier when we were talking that, you know, 16 years ago when I first started working with Lopa, there just was not, you know, that much enthusiasm, if you will, about sharing this information. And now families are really eager to participate in all the different events that we have to be able to share this information. So it's really about changing the culture. Yes, and I think, you know, we are reaching that tipping point now where we do have, at this point, more than 50% of the adults in the United States registered as donors. And along with the highest number of transplants performed last year, it was also the greatest number of donors. We had 8,500 deceased and 6,000 living donors, which is just incredible. It's never enough, but it, it's a huge milestone, and we do believe that it is becoming part of the cultural norm for people to be organ, eye, and tissue donors, and, and as well to consider living donation. When I love that we all work together, we come from different walks of life, and we all work towards that one goal, which is making life happen. So we appreciate you taking the time, steering us in the right direction, um, and we look forward to Blue and Green Day and uh, all the month's activities. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Melissa. Coming up in our community segment, a huge event yep. in Lafayette grows every year, and it's just a, a cool thing to get involved in if you want to learn more about donation. Absolutely. It inspires you. Absolutely, Laurie. It's one of my favorite fundraisers that we have. Of course, uh, I like to run. I like to exercise some. I got my running shoes ready, and it's tomorrow. Me and Sally, too. Uh, I do. It's awesome. <laughs> it's tomorrow. It's in Lafayette. It's, the, it's Ryan's Run. 
and we'll be having it at the Tap Room. It's the second year that we've had it in Lafayette, and we've got Susanna here, who's the main one putting this on. Our hey, expert. Susanna. Hey. Hi, guys. Hi. Yeah, Susanna's a community educator in the Lafayette area for LOPA, the Louisiana Oregon Procurement Agency. And um, this run is just amazing. I've seen on Facebook a lot of people talking about it, sharing information about it, and it's happening tomorrow. It is. We're so excited. I can't believe it's already here. It's amazing how fast the year flies. But we are super excited to be hosting. This will be our second annual Ryan's Run. So now, like Joey said, we've been doing this run now at least 15 years. We've done it so many years now we've kind of lost count. But, you know, we've moved back and forth from Lafayette. We were in Opelousas a couple years. Well, now we're back in Lafayette. We were super excited last year to partner with Jody Ferguson again um, and his cool place, the tap room right there in River Ranch. And so we're back there again this year. We had nothing but good feedback from the run and the route last year. So we kind of felt like it oh, was. Oh, I bet um, that is something. You know, yeah. And we kind of, it, it's not straight down Camellia. So for people in Lafayette who are familiar, you know, with where tap room is in River Ranch, it's right there on Camellia Boulevard. We actually do a scenic route kind of back on the other side of Camellia. So, you know, it's very pretty. It's really nice. The Lafayette Police Department comes um, to help us monitor that route. So it's very safe. So, you know, we got a lot of good, you know, feedback last year. So we felt like, you know, it'd be kind of crazy for us not to do the same thing again this year. So we're excited. We can't believe it's tomorrow. Everything's ready. We're all, you know, set to go. So we just want those registrations. You know, we we had our packet pickup yesterday and we had a great turnout for that. And then um, we want a lot of people, you know, we're hoping um, the weather's should be nice, so we're hoping to pick up a few extra people tomorrow morning. So, And Susanna, I, I know that you also have both donor family members and recipients talk. That's something that was very inspiring uh, for everyone involved, isn't it? It really is, Sally. And, you know, um, the cool thing about it is we have several donor families who form teams. And um, it's always fun to watch kind of the friendly competition to see who can get the most family members and friends out there, you know, and they're all celebrating their heroes. Oh, so good. And yeah, yeah, so um, we're excited. We've actually got three or four new teams this year. So um, I'm really excited about that. We have a hospital partner who um, has a team uh, coming out this year. We've got a couple of new donor families. And then, of course, our returning families, you know, we are just um, so grateful to have. And then, you know, we have recipients who come who are so, so, so thankful for these families. And to watch all of them just love on each other and, you know, socialize and and talk about their heroes, it it really is an amazing day. That's what I love. That's my favorite part. That's the inspiring part, and it puts everything into perspective for me. Um, Let's talk about, it's called Ryan's Run, so the family kind of behind this that helped kind of get it back to Lafayette. Sure. Um, So Ryan Vietar became a hero. He became a donor in April of 2000. So it's been several years now, you know, and ever since his family really jumped on board with LOPA and they have been incredible um, supporters of what we do in our community. And um, not only have they, you know, shared his story countless, countless times and, you know, shared organ and tissue and eye donation with so many people, but financially they have also supported not just this run, but every single event or fundraiser we have, you know, they're always willing to support or do whatever they can to help make it more successful. So um, last year, you know, we were moving the race back to Lafayette and 
you know, we kind of wanted to change. And so we approached Ryan's family. You know, we thought they have done so much for us. You know, this is the least um, we could do to, to honor him and to say thank you for all they've done for us. And so um, we decided to name it Ryan's Run. Ryan was um, very athletic. He actually owned a gym. Um, he is from Abbeville, Louisiana. And so, um, you know, he was very um, health conscious and, you know, into this kind of stuff. And so we just, you know, found it fitting to, um, to name it after yeah. him. You know, so, yeah, it's been very special for us. And then, of course, his family is typically out there. They've got their team. So it's an incredible day honoring him along with all of our other heroes here, you know, and um, helping save lives and raise some awareness for donations. And, of course, you know, he's been actually a big part of my growth in Lopa. Mm -hmm. When I first started, he had just passed away, and I was working in Abbeville at the time, right near where his gym was. And he had quite a bit of friends and family that worked with me. So it was an impact that I felt immediately, you know, when I started with Lopa. We are happy to honor him as our hero in our later segment uh, coming up. Well, good luck with the run. It's always successful. We hope the weather um, holds out for you. It's going to be great. Yeah, thank you. Us too. We appreciate you promoting it on our podcast. There you go. Ryan's Run. If you want more information, lopa.org. Maybe you want to volunteer info at lopa.org and we can get that information to Susanna and we can put you to work. Join with us, guys. In today's family support segment, we talk laughter. Uh, Some of the things you don't think about when you're going through the grief process, humor, laughter, right? Right. I mean, most of the time when we think of death, it's a very serious thing. Mm -hmm. We don't often think of uh, humor and laughter as something that can be part of healing or adaptation. So we're going to be talking to Sally about that, and she's going to explain a little bit about it. Absolutely right, Joey. You know, many people seem surprised, and there's a misconception that you know, by laughing, somehow we might be dishonoring our loved one. Uh, But we all know deep down this could never be true. And tears and laughter are very close. Uh, And humor, though, it can help provide some relief for our anxiety about death. Um, It also can help us cope, as you just mentioned, and adapt to the death of our loved one. And basically, you know, sometimes when we all get stressed out, and being able just to find some humor and laugh a little bit does help relieve that. You know, and humor is both a defense mechanism in times of crisis and a tool for adapting long after an event has happened. Um, But actually, it's considered a mature defense mechanism alongside defenses like patience, humility, mindfulness, tolerance, and forgiveness. And those are things we generally just don't think about when we think about, you know, as a defense mechanism. But actually, it is quite uh, common to use um, laughter in times of grief because after you've been through so much sadness and, you know, just seriousness in the light of a traumatic loss, many times uh, a person will remember a funny story about the individual, uh, and it feels good to remember of laughter. And I know when we're talking with our donor families, uh, my coworkers and myself have heard many family members say, you know, my loved one would want to be remembered with a smile or with a, a happy story about his or her life. So I, I think it's very appropriate even though at times we think it's not. Well, a lot of times, Sally, I've been to a lot of family and friends' funerals, and at the funeral home, like, I feel uneasy 
even in the break room, you know, or outside, if someone says a joke or whatever, you know, and there's a little bit of laughter, I don't really know myself how I'm supposed to act. Like I kind of, you know, mm-hmm. hide that mm-hmm. because because of that very thing, I'm afraid to look like I'm, you know, like I don't care. Right. And and I think, though, that, you know, because grief does have the ability to just suck all the joy out of life and makes everything seem so sad that, that we're kind of led to believe that we shouldn't express, you know, a, a happy emotion. And it's not that we are, you know, finding something that is not good. It's that we feel that need to express our own way of dealing with the death of our loved one or, or someone close to us or someone that's close to us at has lost someone. Eventually, though, even though it takes a long time, I think that people do learn how to smile again. They do learn how to laugh. And going back to what you're talking about at the funeral home, I've seen recently, I've been to several different funerals lately, where humor has been injected into the eulogy or by some of the family members. So it's probably more just maybe an old perception that we should not find this. Um, But I think more and more so, people are learning that celebrating their loved one's life Mm -hmm. means a lot more to them and to those around than, you know, keeping it so serious. And I get this. I I lost my mom over 20 years ago. So through time, it uh, gotten better. But remembering those good times, those funny times, and I'm sharing those with my children. Yeah. And that just puts a smile on my face. So oh, absolutely. absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I, I get this. Well, and you know, too, I think that the greatest victory for someone who has, you know, lost someone they love dearly is that when you think about them, that your feelings aren't couched in sadness and, and you know, just yearning to see them and talk with them, even though those thoughts are still there. But now you're able or one is able to remember um, in a loving, warm, fun, weird, you know, generous, mm-hmm. crazy things that, that <laughs> maybe, you know, they used to say or do. Um, and I know from my own experience with the death of loved ones that you grab hold of these thoughts when possible yes. uh, and refuse to let sadness and despair take control, if only just for a fleeting moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that being said, I, there is a book uh, by Alan Klein titled Learning to Laugh When You Feel Like Crying, Embracing Life After Loss, that some of y'all may find very helpful in adapting because he does talk about the use of humor and what it can mean for you and your family uh, after the loss of a loved one. All right, good to know. Alan Klein, Learning to Laugh When You Feel Like Crying, Embracing Life After Loss. You heard something you want us to delve into a little bit more? Info at lopa.org. It is now time to honor a hero. We talked a little bit about this hero earlier in the podcast, Ryan Viator. As I said earlier, his family is, has been a, a very close with Lopa. They've been part of our family for the past 16 years now. Ryan was born on August 30th, uh, 1979. And his mom says, from birth, our blonde-haired, hazel-eyed baby boy was extraordinary. Aww. He was loving and tenderhearted, always willing to give to others. He had a deep laugh that was contagious to all who came into contact with him. Ryan was adventurous, enjoying the outdoors and riding dirt bikes and Harleys. He was very mindful of staying healthy and being in shape. At the age of 20, he was a proud owner of a local health club 
inspiring others in his community to live a healthy lifestyle. On April 7th, 2000, uh, it began like every other South Louisiana day for Ryan Vietar's family in Shoney, his mom. She had talked to him on the phone, uh, had a, a normal conversation, and little did she know, uh, a few short hours later, his young life would end. Ryan's giving heart and love for life and others was made much more evident than ever before as he became a hero that day. In the midst of their incredible tragedy, Ryan's family reached beyond their grief and asked about organ donation. Ryan's liver and kidneys saved the lives of three people that day. It's been almost 16 years and his life continues to make an impact on his community. His family has dedicated their lives to ensuring the public is better informed about the importance of organ and tissue donation. Each year, we partner with LOPA as a major sponsor for LOPA's two largest fundraisers, says Shoney. And as Susanna you know, mentioned earlier, that's been their life's passion. Mm -hmm. It's been an amazing thing for their family to be you know, such a close-knit part of our family. And think of the awareness because of this family. Um, you want to read more about Ryan's story, um, you can visit our website, lopa.org. Click on Faces of Donation. Not only can you read the story, but you can see that sweet baby boy's face as well. And let's take a moment and just say thank you to Ryan for the gift of life. We have a question that came in for this question and answer segment. How appropriate, right, Joe? Sure. Um, I was recently told my father needs a kidney transplant. My sister and I would like to know the process to see if we are a match. Is this something you could help us with or point us in the right direction? Well, Laurie, we've just recently developed a new website, our new LOPA website. We want you guys to come take a look at it. Yeah. It's www.lopa.org. It's the same website, but it's got different features. So once you get onto the LOPA website, you can see we've got a, a tab there, Donation Facts. And if you click on that, we've got a Living Donation tab there nice. for you. And it's got a lot of basic information about Living Donation. And we also there have uh, links to each of the transplant centers ah. locally that have uh, living donation as an option. And they have a lot more information, of course. But it's generally encouraged if you do have, you know, kidney failure and you need a kidney transplant or a liver failure and you need a liver transplant, oftentimes the best option, you know, initially is having a living donor. And, and they will uh, try to explore those options with you guys as a family first. Because as we always say, this, you know, there is a shortage there. You know, so as many people that can donate, and, and of course with living relatives, a lot of times it's even a better match. Oftentimes, the kidneys and, and livers function even, you know, a little bit better that way. So that's usually uh, the first option that's going to be offered. Uh, it's oftentimes the better option, and we've got a, uh, quite a bit of information with the links there on our website, lopa.org, under Donation Facts. Uh, go under the Living Donation tab. So everyone, if you have any questions or a comment, Email us at infolopa.org, or you can also give us a call. That number is 504-648-3477, and we might even play your message on our podcast. It's all about the more you know. We have come to the close of yet another Gifted Life podcast, which is pretty incredible. And um, we've asked folks to call in, right, Sal? 
Absolutely. And you know, that phone number is 504-648-3477. Because the goal is for this podcast to be interactive. We want to hear from you. What's going on where you are? Spread the word. So we have a cutie patootie named Luke. He is the son of a recipient and he called in. Let's hear what he has to say. My mom is alive today thanks to organ donation. My name is Luke. I just wanted to say thank you for all, all y'all do spreading organ donation awareness. I know it saves lives. As a son that loves his mother, I want to brag on my mom, Wendy Lipsy. She will be dancing for her life on April 23rd in Dancing with the Stars Big Buddy program in Baton Rouge. I can't wait to see her dance moves. Also something that's cool that is coming up soon. I recently recorded a public service announcement with my mother and Alex Bregman, former LSU baseball player and the second overall MLB draft pick for the Houston Astros. Cannot wait for Louisiana to see our public service announcement soon. Everyone, please sign up to be an organ donor and get a heart on your license today. It saves lives. Sign up today. Sign up today. Woo-hoo! Go Team Lopa. Well, we just heard from Luke. Yes. And we're going to be there uh, to watch his mom, Wendy, dance. Wendy. Dancing with stars. But you know what's kind of cool? She is a year out from transplant. Oh. Which is incredible. Yeah. So she said that, you know, we're, it's a secret, her dance and everything, but she's going to be flipping and flopping and flooping and shaking her tail feather. <laughs> so we are excited. So um, oh, it's yeah. just going to be a great awareness for organ donation um, for those folks in the PMAC. So it's April 23rd, if you can meet us out there. And then Alex Bregman, you know about our yep. sports guy. Yeah. Big baller. Houston yeah. Astros. He was wearing uh, his green bracelet when he got that multi-million dollar mm-hmm. contract, uh, you know. So anyway, it's just all great, all these people coming together to make life happen. So we can't thank them enough, and we have to thank our guests. Yeah, of course, we want to thank Melissa Devinney of Donate Life America for filling us in on what's happening this month uh, for Donate Life Month, and our own Susanna Martin for getting us up to speed on Ryan's Run. It's happening tomorrow. You guys come, cheer us on, and run. It's going to be a good time. Absolutely. And also, thank you. If you're listening right now and have told people about the podcast or have shared it with somebody, thank you because our numbers are climbing, Joe. Yeah, Lori, over 20,000 downloads, 20,000 plus. And Wonderful. Of course, as I said, we're in almost every continent now. We just need Australia to come in. <laughs> so if you know someone in Australia, if you can call them up, Sally, that's your job. I'll work on that. Okay. There you go. So thank you so Some much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for spreading the word. And thanks for helping us make life happen. Go out today. Do something you don't normally do to help save lives. Have a good one.